Hello, welcome back to another edition of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And let's get down to business. Uh, well, look, first of all, guys, a big uh, thank you to everyone in the community that's listened to our podcast. Um, in the last week, we've done quite a few, and we've actually got over 610 listens, which is just insane for us guys. We, I, I don't think we either, both of us, predicted that we would be um, that successful that early, which is really cool. Um, and uh, we've actually now got over 160 Twitter followers, which is also quite uh Yes. Quite epic. So, so don't forget to jump on the Facebook as well, though. It's facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Help yep. us integrate to those platforms. Or Twitter is uh, SC underscore Insider underscore. Um, and we just want to give a quick shout out to some of our top listeners. Um, the number one is Heath Kingham, 14 listens. So thank you very much for that, Heath. Thanks, Heath. You must be going with Heater, I imagine. Excellent, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, feel free to, to drop us a, a post on one of the, our either Facebook or um, Twitter pages and we'll be able to help you out with your team if that's uh, something you'd like yep. to do. So reach out, Heath. Yeah, um, we've also got user five triple one three one seven sixty two. Don't know who you are, um, but nine listens as well. I think it'd be a lot easier to just have a name than all those numbers. But welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, we've also got some listeners from the US and from Spain. So uh, maybe don't know some... who you are, but if you are <laughs> tuning in from the US or Spain, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So look, we've we've been really blown away so far, guys. And uh, let's keep the train rolling. We hope that you've enjoyed the content so far. Um, yes, content and banter. Um, yeah, a little bit of both. Let's see what jokes pop out today. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the drive homes are hopefully good for you as it is for us. Um, we will be going in through Gold Coast today, um, so that's going to be our focus. And uh, today we're recording quite a few episodes, so we're going to be rolling out those daily podcasts again from Monday next week. Yep. Stay um, tuned, keep an ear out, and yeah. um, I reckon we just jump straight in. Yeah, go for it. Jump straight in, which is uh, ironic seeing Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. The surf lifestyle, the the Benel drug capital. <laughs> yes, or Carmichael Hunt, whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> okay, so let's look at them. Gold Coast, um, pretty much they've got the round 10 buy. So no, round 9 buy, which means that you can pick them up in round 10. Uh, as far as draft difficulty goes, they have a lot of games away. Uh, Commonwealth Games up at the Gold Coast, so they're playing a lot of games away for the first half of the season. That being said... They're actually versing some pretty easy opposition. Like um, they're versing North Carlton, Frio, West Coast, and the Lions. So I know a lot of people want to hold off and wait for those upgrade targets. But as far as premiums go, they could really get on a roll early. Yeah, I mean you say that, except I I wouldn't tip Gold Coast in probably any of those games. Yes. <laughs> but that being said, they're probably more super coach friendly as far as you know getting yeah. walloped away. So I mean. Who knows how they're going to go uh, away from home for so long? That you know, but I think there's definitely some room there to get some money. Uh, I think for as far as the rookies go, if their rookies are playing, at least they're not going to be versing a, a Geelong or someone, so they should be able to get some points. Yeah, and look, they've had high high picks for quite a while, so hopefully you know those picks are now maturing. If they're not going to be mid prices, you know, raising up, perhaps they're uh, they're rookies that are getting time on the park because there's available space. So yes, and that space came from an Ablett who decided to go home. Um, Excellent. <laughs> yes, good on him, which we spoke on in the uh, last podcast for Geelong Definitely. and those implications. So if you missed that one, feel free to rewind and then catch back up. Uh, all right, so I reckon uh, from that, so from round 13 to 22, they only play three of the top eight sides from 2017. Uh, so the final, that's their final 10 games. So two of those are at home. Uh, that being said, some of those are, are sort of fringe teams. So they were Saints and Collingwood. 
But I think it's actually not too bad of a draw. I mean, that's probably from them coming down near the bottom of the ladder. But unfortunately, I mean, I don't know how you feel, Chris, but I think that's going to stay very similar uh, this year. Yeah, I, I don't see them going anywhere up the ladder. I think that they're going to uh, stay down the bottom. I would be surprised if they're higher than uh, 17th, to be completely honest. I think that um, uh, my ladder predictor is going to read Gold Coast 17, North 18, unfortunately, this year. Um, I, I do like the you know, where they're going, where those clubs are heading. I don't think it's the end of the world for them. Uh, I really want Gold Coast to have a good run. Um, I, you know, Living up in, uh, in Brizzy, um, I do like uh, going to the coast and I like going there for games. If you haven't been to Metricon Stadium, it's an awesome stadium. Yeah, it's a very good stadium. Um, good but it's, yeah, it's it's just a, it's just frustrating to go there the, the, with the quality of football that they've been turning up. So um, I would like to see them get better, and um, it would yeah it would make going to football in Queensland a lot better if if they could improve for sure. Yeah, and I mean I'm the same. I think uh, I think they're probably a very young list, and they have lost some experience. Um, yeah, so I think it's sort of uh, around the same for that. Just waiting for those young people to develop. Um, and also, a quick little shout out to Pointers Pale Ale. You are our drink of choice for this evening. <laughs> so we're just trying to we're trying to get around. And uh, speaking of getting around, let's get into Aaron Hall. Yeah, big old Aaron Hall. I mean, look, I I actually have been on the Aaron Hall train for a couple of years, and I think a lot of super coaches have because he does provide a lot of upside. So he's got a lot to look forward to. And there was, I think it was not last year, the year before when Abbott was ruled out, especially early in the season, um, he came on and had a couple of really big tons early and um, surprised quite a few people, but not me because I was on the train. Um, well, I think the interesting thing was this year he actually scored about 3.2 points less per game compared to his 2016 season, but he scored more tons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at his stats, he scored... Uh, I think it is he had seven from his 17 games in 2016 and he scored nine uh, hundreds in 2017. So he scored a couple more uh, centuries. And only from one more game too. So he only played one more game. The the knock, of course, is that he hasn't played a full season yet, um, which would be nice. (laughs) It would be nice. And the other knock is he did have uh, two 40s scores as well as two 60s and two 70s, Yeah. uh, which that was probably the knock side he he did have some lower games, but I feel with Ablett out, I mean, I think um, those should really round out and give him something better. Yeah, I also think it's not necessarily always his fault. I mean, he's been playing different roles. He really is uh, an on-baller. He, yeah, he's a guy that goes through the middle. He uses his pace to his advantage. Um, he's not really a contested ball beast, but he does get on the end of uh, handball change, which is quite nice. When he doesn't score well, it's because he's played on a half-forward flank and it doesn't really suit his style of play. He's probably better either at the contest uh, spreading from the contest or coming in behind the ball and uh, and releasing to the forward line. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard for many people to remember as well. Like at the back end of the year, people don't realise of how well some people start, uh, particularly you know, even Hall. You look, he, um, he averaged, I think it was in his first six of his first 10 games, five of those were 109 plus, um, yeah. so more than that. And... Look, I think he could easily hit over that 100 this year. I think he'll be over 100. Uh, I don't know how much further, but I think, Chris, you were pretty yeah. steely on saying he 105. I, I think that he could go as high as 105. Now, it, that's considering if he gets the right role, um, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a watch definitely. If he gets the right role, he's definitely going to have uh, mid-minutes because Abbott's not there, and they're looking for someone to be that guy who's going to be able to uh, take the game by the scruff of the neck and push them forward. He's got the pace. He he, um, he does have the strength in contests as well. So I really think that he could go well. I'm just a little bit uh, concerned because I have picked him the last two years and he hasn't really taken it that much. 
um, that I probably won't pick him because he's just a little bit of a burn man for me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see people picking him up and, yeah, not, and running with it. Not so much for standard, but um, definitely draft. Yeah, um, definitely iron the draft for sure. Yeah, draft is not a bad option at all. <clears throat> um, the next person we'll come to is Lion. Uh, so Lions is 493k. Um, look, he wasn't. He, he got an injured ankle and he wasn't really quite right when he came back from that. So he got injured on 43. And then his games that he came back, I think it was just more trying to do the team thing. He got a 66 and a 72, obviously struggling to finish the year. Mm. But if you take that into consideration, I mean, his true average is about 95.7 instead of the 89.8. Uh, yeah, so I, mean, I think it's... it makes him a little bit more relevant for draft, but at the same time, you know, he was good in for Adelaide for that year and he had a really good sort of run for Gold Coast. I mean, the first part of it, uh, he scored 800s and in six of the games before his injury, he actually got a, if you look this down, Chris, it's a 113, a 106, a 117, 90, 138 and a 107. So he averaged 111.8 over those six games before he got injured. I think the big um, thing with, with Lions is he would be a lot better value if he was able to still be selected as a forward. Um, being only mid only at that price point, he, you're really banking on him to be able to push to that 100 plus barrier. So even scoring that 95, it's just not enough um, for his position. So I think uh, based on his previous output and based on what we think he can do, I don't, I still don't think he's going to be a value selection. Yeah, oh, um, not not for standard, but for draft, I think yeah. he's one guy that could push 100 flat. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and from the latest reports the other day, I mean, he's actually training really well. He's been doing a lot in preseason, which for him he finds quite refreshing. Um, you know, because last year he did have some issues, and and he's by all accounts his ankle's not giving him any grief, and he's actually doing really well on the track at the moment. So yeah. he he could be a, a good one to get in draft. Or it wouldn't go so much in standard. I don't think there's too much meat on the bone for that one. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be a similar theory for, for this entire Gold Coast list. There's not really much. Real top end stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you think he's going to be going in the top ten mids, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that one you wrote. No, down. I did not write that oh. one. Down. <laughs> okay, off the cuff. Uh, all right, so let's go into Tommy Lynch. This man burnt me so hard last year in I draft. Love, I love that he burnt you. And were so in big on him. You were. Oh, Tom he's going to be a top one. He's, yeah, he's going to oh. average 100, Tom Lynch. This is his year. He's I mean, killing look, it. He's going b- bad. He's lowering his price so that Collingwood can pick him up next year, right? Yeah, let's just not go there. <laughs> you he will be at you Collingwood and what next army? year. You and what army? He will be at Collingwood next year. Lock it up and sign away. You don't even need a lifeline for that one because Eddie's already got his signature. Trust me. I know from personal sources that, well, that don't also exist. I think it's more like he wants to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> yes. Tom Lynch, two million a year if that's going to happen. Jeez. Guaranteed. Yeah. I, I, I don't I think Collingwood some... have the bank, mate. They keep they keep giving money to Maine and Wells. Mate, they got and... the, they've got the money. It's just whether or not they can be deceptive enough to get it yeah. under the cap. Not, not over the table, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And if there's one thing I know, Eddie likes it under the table. <laughs> Well, do you know, do you? No, I do not. personal experience? I do not know. He definitely doesn't have any videos out there. I've heard that about you. No, um, well, look, let's go. Tom Lynch, uh, frustrating as all hell last year. Um, all accounts, he played with some injuries, so they're like, oh, he, he wasn't right. He is literally one of the best key forwards in he the He is top. one of the best key forwards. Would you put him up there with Joe Danaher in terms of ability and potential? I put him ahead of the Danaher. So the Essendon supporters literally just switched off right then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, look, he had an up and down year. Um, I th- pretty much he was in the top five sort of calculations for forwards. He was the year before. He was pretty much on that fringe. I think he was seventh or something along those lines. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, he, he did have a good year, but then he got injured. Uh, he had some real up and down games. So, I mean, he still had a good ceiling. He had 700s. And that was including like a 161 and a 126. Huge. 
Uh, but that was down on his... He had 900s in 2016. So, look, you know, he went missing. He got injured. Um, you know, pretty much you're not sort of seeing him piece those scores together. And, um, you know, as far as what 2018... What do you think he's got? Well, my problem this year is is that you get rid of Gary... Okay, so uh, there was, there was uh, I think it was Champion Data or someone came out, uh, might be Fantasy Freako, uh, doing a bit of a shout-out. Um, so I think there's something along the lines where Gold Coast, their points f- that they score as a team mm-hmm. in Supercoach are far less without Gary Ablett and far less away from home. Well, it's probably part of the fact that they obviously win a lot more games with Ablett in the team. I mean, Yeah, so naturally. they get more possessions around. But yeah. I don't know if Tom Lynch is going to get enough um, possessions so in the... Service, yeah. I yeah. don't think he's going to get enough service. I think if they if he wants the ball, he'll have to push up the ground a lot more. Yeah. Uh, so look, I think if he if he starts a little bit oh, slow away from home, I mean they did recruit Lockie Weller, so I mean you know all of a sudden, yeah, pick number two. <laughs> but you know, look, if if he has a few down games and he gets a bit cheaper, I will be looking at him in standard for me personally around that buy time, hopefully. Yeah, he's an upgrade target if he if he hits if he gets games cheap together. enough, and yeah, he could be one yeah. that you could get cheap and run in there. That's that's my theory with all key forwards. If you can get them cheap enough, you know, wait for them to have a few bad games, and I think Tom Lynch will be one to give you that. I mean, this year, this is his output was just unheard of. He had a twenty nine, a thirty seven, a thirty nine, a forty three, and a fifty eight. Told you, mate. He's just lowering his purchase price to go to Collingwood. That's all he's doing. So, Mister Tommy Lynch, <laughs> if you are listening, please do not be a burn man and in twenty eighteen. Please sign up for the pies. All right, cool. <laughs> um, now the next guy uh, you've got big raps on this year Swallow and I, I I see I see the potential I think everyone gets frustrated with David Swallow because of how much potential he has he's an absolute rig Let's Chris like that. your draft picks you are uh, jumping the gun my friend <laughs> just like picking Prestia as 105 average last year Swallow was in my breakout category so how about you hold hold the gun that one my friend uh, alright well look let's, let's just scroll on through we'll get into uh, Swallow. I do have big raps on him. He is my breakout man for 2018. He's 468k. Um, so he's kind of around that Canelio price. Um, look, except it's been a lot longer since Swallow has averaged 103. So kind of around that 105 that Canelio's yeah. got. Uh, but look, I'm putting him in that breakout category just because I think last year, this is my opinion, I know Chris begs to differ a little bit, but I think he had the year to try and get his body right. Uh, and he did have some big games in there as well. So he was scoring fairly consistency. Um, so I think pretty much you're looking at him coming out. Gary's gone. I think he's the man to step up. I think he's the one to really get the grit. And he's Do you think he's, he's ever going to be a 100-plus player or he's always going to be like his brother, which is around about that 95 to 100 average? No, I think I think his brother's a V6. And I think, um, yeah, I think you're looking at David's got the supercharge. I reckon he'll be... He'll be, he'll be the nuts. Fair enough. I mean, he's definitely more attractive, let's be fair. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in, his, year, in his year back from injury, I um, mean, he had 400s, um, but he also had six scores over 87 as well. Uh, so not that great, but not bad for a guy that's just come back after having quite a long period of time out of the game. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's not too unrealistic to see him drop, uh, jumping up 20 points a game, getting that consistency into his body. And again, he has averaged 103.2 in the past. It's just, Do you think he could make it 105? I think he could. That's my I call. That that's my prediction. A strong bet coming along. <laughs> Mate, you have lost the last couple of X. So Chris last year decided to. He, he tried to tell me that. Um, that Murphy, right? So is it Robert? Robert yeah, Murphy? Bob Murphy. Yeah, Bob yeah. Murphy was going to average over 100. And then I was like, okay, well, let's make a bet. But we brought it down to 80. And if he didn't get over 80, then this this man would here would have to buy some spirits. And obviously, he did not average 80. And in, two weeks, time, week. in two weeks' time, we will be collecting that bet. 
Ah, uh, yes. He, I think in the last game of the season, he needed to score 140, I think, on the last game. Yeah, he, got, he and got, did well I, in he the first like quarter. He was like 80, 80 at <laughs> half-time or something, and I was like, yes, this is going to happen. And then he, I think he ended Finished up on, on 90 something or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, well. Anyway. So let's go to one man I don't really want to talk about too much because uh, as a Lions fan, he knocked out one of our favourite big boys. Um, so let's talk about Stephen May. That was um, ridiculously awesome. That by was the way. a big hit. The memes that came after that were almost worth it as well. It's like that the YouTube video of that guy. Damn, that's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. Like to Lance Frankel, that's a big ass boy. So look, that he's was good. Stephen May, four sixty two k, Mister High Bump uh, himself. <laughs> so look, he had five scores over a hundred, which isn't too bad. I mean, he's quite consistent. If you look at his scores, fifteen out of his eighteen games, he scored over seventy. And that includes the game that he got injured on 15. So this is, again, uh, I know you're very, you hear me all the time, but I'm very big on looking at games where people get injured and then working at their average. So uh, if his average was 84.1 because he got injured. So otherwise it's like 88.1. So for a draft, I mean, that's a difference between, that's four points. So if you wait past, when you get past those 88 averages, then you can pick him up before the 84 uh, and get some value out of there. Um, yeah, I think he's underrated though. I think he's a solid player, but he's it's not. great to watch. Yeah. I mean, they were throwing him forward as well last year at the start of the year as well because they had no option. So um, you know, to be able to, to pull that average together when he was moved back, which is where he predominantly plays his best super coach football, um, he was brilliant. Yeah. I think he's def- he's one of the best uh, fullbacks or centre-half backs in the game. I the think moment. he's like a Hurley type as well. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that, I mean, Hurley averaged 85 for a lot and then started breaking out 95 and then 100. So he's a guy yeah. that could, on I mean, a good you, year, go 90 plus. If you learn to not knock people out and get suspended, that would be fantastic. Well, it would be. <laughs> so And the ball should be down there quite a lot, um, Yeah, I imagine. So... Uh, the next guy a lot of people seem to be very keen on as a mid-price sort of option in the forward line is uh, Michael Barlow at 462k. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, he broke his leg. Um, he said it was only maybe one-tenth as bad as the first one he did, and the first one was very horrific. Um, look, he's, he's back, and I can't believe he's running so strongly. So he's follows that sort of questioning his fitness and that sort of stuff. He has come back. He was running very well in the preseason uh, fitness. So I think he was like in the top couple. Uh, particularly early on, and um, so you don't come back running on a bung leg unless you're, you're fit to go. So as far as that's concerned, I think, look, he could be a good selection. He has averaged highly before. They will be looking for leadership and guidance, particularly in that midfield, so he could stand up in that aspect. I think, um, with, I mean, Barlow's for, always been a guy that's had a, a fairly consistent scoring pattern, but he's never really hit huge highs. Um, if you look at his previous scores, he doesn't hit many over 120, but he does definitely can get to that sort of 90, 100 regularly. Um, so very rarely does he have an off game where he's scoring a 60 or a 50 or anything like that. But um, when he's scoring well, he's just scoring consistently. And that's, uh, that, that's, that's how I attribute Michael Barlow. So if you're looking for someone who can consistently score in your, in your forward line um, and can deliver those every single week, that's why I think he's a great draft option, a draft option, especially this year, as opposed to a guy that's going to be able to hit your one fifty on any given week and win you a game. Yeah, I think um, I think people forget though he didn't actually have a very good year at all. Yeah, um, you know, like he had some good scores, but he wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire. That being said, Abelagoni, maybe he does get more of that sort of role. Maybe that is what's going to happen. But for me, I don't see it. I think he's a very no, risky pick. I don't I see think him getting with, more mid time. No, with the buy around, and I think he's. I think you're right as far as draft, he will be consistent. But for standard, uh, with the buy around and 
you look, I just don't see him actually being that top five mid that people are sort of thinking he could be yeah, this I mean, year. The, the amount of um, you know, forward mid types that the Gold Coast have and they have drafted um, and brought into the club, I anticipate that uh, they're going to give, especially with the fact that they're probably not going to make the eight this year, they're going to give you your Lockie Weller types uh, runs in the midfield or your Ainsworth type in the in the midfield. So Nice segue. Yeah. Oh, is that who you got next? Lockie Weller. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so look, there's a lot of debate um, at the end of the year. Lockie Weller... Pick number two, I think, is ludicrous. Oh, so much <laughs> Absolutely could, ludicrous. I, I was like, what? <laughs> I could not believe it. Here's the thing, though. I mean, you know, he played under Ross Lyon, so maybe he just, classic Ross Lyon, doesn't let him, you know, re- reveal all his attributes, and he's a lot better player than everyone else thinks he is. But the stupid part was, is that they picked up a guy from Western Australia, I think, after, and then, like, literally the next pick, they got Weller, and then it's just been an absolute mess. But, yeah. um, look, I and I find I the funny thing it. is, is that... Fremont had, what, pick five? Gold Coast mm-hmm. had pick two, and they're like, well, we want something better than our pick five. Well, then why didn't they try and trade with somebody else to get yeah. a pick four? And, like, instead I don't of think just any, all anyone, up- anyone wanted to trade with Gold Coast at all. Anyway. So it was a bit confusing. I don't know why that they gave up such a ridiculously high pick for a player that's speculative at best. Yeah, but look, hey, at least he wants to be there. So let's get into him. That's probably um, true. He's uh, averaged 71.7 this year. I expect him to jump into the 80s. I don't think that's unreasonable with yeah, the extra role. I've got but, him at his 80 average. Yeah, 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 exactly. But he's a midfield only. So mm. there goes that in uh, standard. And as far as draft, maybe a bench option. Cause, nah, waiver for sure. You can't yeah. pick up well thinking he's going to be a, a decent option to cover. But yeah, well, if you get start getting down to the 80s, yeah, true. But mm. he might be one for your bench or maybe just wait and see through the JLT after yeah. your draft or whatever. Well, that, that's also, I mean, if he comes out in the JLT and pumps out a couple of tons, and you know, everyone reevaluates and goes, wow. Maybe not pick two was pretty good for that uh, for that guy there. So yeah, pick him up knows? in the cricket. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's scoring tons every game. That's true. Uh, all right, so let's go with Cade Collajasny, Mr. KK himself. I like a uh, good old Cade. Yes. Cade Colo. He was amazing the other year. <laughs> <laughs> like three years ago. I know, pretty much. Um, look, <laughs> We're still counting the days until he gets back I'm to I'm still form, waiting right? for him to get to that, that, that hey, peak. Hey, here's the thing, though. Sardgon does reveal uh, a little bit of an option, and he is the best kick in their defence now with Sard not there. So um, the only real other sort of half-bank flanker, rebound defender type they have is Harbrow. Um, the guy that doesn't get knocked out. <laughs> that's true. Um, but I, I actually prefer um, Colo. He's younger. Uh, he's got a, a great boot on him. Yeah. He can move the ball well. He can read the play well. I think there's more upside. I think this could be his year. I think the new coach as well might yeah. actually help him out. Until last week, I had him in my starting side, and I think he's 398K. Yep. Um, so I think he's great value and definitely one to watch for a breakout. Uh- yeah, um, and a worst case scenario for those listening that are playing draft, I think he's he's a really good option. I mean, seven out of his eleven games were seventy plus, mm-hmm. so I mean, at least you know you're not going to get any too bad scores. Plus, I think again this year more opportunity, um, yeah. a little bit more, and he's you know he's been in the system long enough now. Uh, his fitness is right up there too, so he, he ran um, a really good fitness test so far. Awesome. So I think he'll be back to the glory days. I mean, he has averaged eighty nine in two thousand and fifteen, so I think he'll get back into that. At least mid eighties. Yeah, and I mean, if if Colo um, does take up that that uh, mantle of being their rebounding defender, then that does reveal uh, like a Pierce Hanley type to push more into the midfield. And I think that they do want um, his skills streaming through that midfield because when he's on, he is on. 
Um, but it's getting that him uh, to that level on a consistent basis, I think. Well, Pierce Hanley is a good debate one as well. Quite a mm. few people have him in their sides. He has averaged over 100 before, 103.8. And they're close price points too, both available in defence. Yes, both very much available in defence. Uh, uh, same again, the the, the um, buy rounds there. So this, this is a little thing as well for those that are playing draft or even just for league. If you're not going for overall rankings, don't be afraid to get some of these Gold Coast or Port players. Because uh, other people aren't going to have them, and you're going to have nine yeah, rounds that you're going to be able to unique. use them. Yeah, yeah, correct. And um, so they're going to be unique. And so what if you don't have them for one round? If you're going for the your league ranking, it'll give you a better point of difference than those that are trying to go for their overall ranking. Yep. Um, and I think it'll give you an edge that way. And you'll have them all through the other buys, which will help you steal up that sort of end of it, particularly yeah. for that that nasty round fourteen. I mean, I think Cade could go uh, as high as ninety, maybe even in, even further, which would put him in the top tier of defenders this year. So uh, I think he's a pretty good pick. I don't I think, think he's going to be him, top six. No, but, but I think you could get him cheap, and I think there's a lot of upside there. Yeah, uh, maybe Hanley, even an, a stepping stone to a, uh, you know, a Laird or a Yo if you don't pick them up. That's true. I think Hanley's a dangerous one. Um, so I was thinking, yeah, they're talking about him playing in the midfield, and I was like, yes, you know, that might, might be really good for him. Yeah. And uh, But then I heard that uh, I think it was um, Stuart Jew doing a little bit of a SEN radio they had on their uh, son's website. So feel free to go and look that one up. But basically you're saying, look, they do want to use him in the midfield, but uh, it'll be depending on the time, like so when in the game or some games. Uh, but they think he's so damaging off the back line. And they said as far as you know, coaches and players, like he can be a real headache and he uses the ball well. He gives them a lot of run and a lot of options. So they want to use him off the back line, uh, which I think is a concerning factor if you're looking at him going, oh, he's going to be playing midfield. It's like, well, yes, they want to get him into the midfield, but they think that he's so good off the back line that he'll give people a lot of headache. That's why I think that if if, uh, if Colo has a really good start to the year, they could potentially permanently move um, Hanley forward into the, into the mid-mix, um, which would uh, be better for both their averages. Um, using you know, Kate Colo as that that one guy that you look for to as a quarterback, and then having a Pierce move up. Um, so there is definitely um, uncertainty around both their roles, but I can see both of them at least, at very least, I think they can increase their average. Oh, same. I'm just not sure if they're really going to break out. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to hit definitely that. Definitely a, a yeah. watch in the JLT, and and you know potentially I can see them popping up in sides. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. And I think if you do pick them, you might have to offload them around that by point anyway i don't know if they'll hit yeah. that top or potentially that, top 10. that upgrade i mean yeah that that um, round nine it's a great time to upgrade yep so if they're going well um right before that time you might be able to pick them up um as one of your first defensive upgrades or second defensive upgrade even so that you'll take it right through all the rest of the buys and i think they're great options for for an upgrade later in the um just after their buy structure so yeah so here's one man I wouldn't be considering in standard. Um, he was the hype of the town last year. I don't know who picked him up. I know some people went really early on him in draft. I was one that was very keen on him, and I was very happy someone stepped in earlier and took him. <laughs> retrospectively happy. Yeah, <laughs> retrospectively. Time. Well, that also happened with Cade Collajasny, and I was like, damn it. So I went and got Roberton, and look how that worked out yeah, for me. Not so bad, yeah. Not bad. But uh, look, Tuke Miller. Uh, 419k. Problem is, he's a midfielder only this year. Yeah, that's um, going to impact. Uh, look, I, I don't really know. I don't know why the hype was there. I mean, everyone was just sort of the, the hype generated over a few games that he had. Well, uh, he he did have a few eight rounds in the back of 2016. He averaged 103.1 when yeah. Ablett wasn't playing. Yeah, but then Ablett came back. So so now he's not playing again. Which is true, but yeah, they've got. This is what I, like. 
a year ago, they didn't have the players that they have now moving into midfield. So you can't say that Took is a good option just because Ablett's now gone and he previously scored X with Ablett. Um, also without Ablett. I, I, I think that the midfield mix has completely changed and that rule does not necessarily apply now. Um, it'd be great if it didn't. I, I actually like the way he plays. Yeah, I think he's a draft option again, that draft. If yeah. um, A bench option in draft. If that's someone that could go up, but again, he's averaged the same for three years straight, basically 78. Um, yeah, if you want to take a punt, go for it, but no one will be really chasing his tail. Yep. Um, and pretty much the rest of the non-relevance is most of the, the team, apart from that, unfortunately. Um Look, I think Nichols is one to watch. I think Wits is, I think he's very vulnerable. I think he had a very great year. He overperformed from what people were expecting. He averaged oh, like ninety odd, which was being great. Being a Collingwood fan, I always knew he had the talent, but he never strung it together. Never could get on the park. Competing with Grundy for the number one spot, they never really played him one out. Um, he and he took his opportunity, and I'm glad that he did because I think he's got a bundle of talent. Um, he doesn't really get around the ground too well, but yeah. he's he's got such good tap tap work and. Um, he's tall. He's 208 centimetres. So, um, but I mean, someone else that I think that uh, may have value, may not, but just one to watch, especially in draft is Jack Martin. I know last two seasons we've sort of been trading him in and out of our team from the waiver, um, getting a bit of value out of him, then getting injured and then getting out. And Jack Martin gets around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, there's there's really unfortunately not much in terms of standard relevancy for the Gold Coast team this year, is there? Well, the thing that um, Jack has in his favour is he's nimble and he's quick. <laughs> oh, <I'm joking. laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> Jack, Jack be nimble. does be nimble. Jack be quick. <laughs> um, but wow. I think I think Wits could be uh, keep an eye on Nichols if he comes back because he was the number one ruck. Uh, Wits overthrew him on that, but he could be one um, that could be very good value, even in standard, depending on how he goes. He's quite cheap. I think he's in like 300-odd K, so he's not too expensive. Yeah. Uh, but if he, he was showing some good talent, like high 80s, and I think the ruck stuff with uh, the points have changed a little bit. It might be in his favor. Um, but yeah, just one to watch from that. Um, so where do you see some of these people going, Chris? I don't see a Gold Coast player getting picked in the first five rounds. Nah, neither do I. Um, look, I, I think that Aaron Hall is the number one target um, if you're in draft, and even he won't get. So he'll be your fifth midfielder, sixth midfielder. Um, you know, he aver- only averaged ninety two point three last year. He's going to be able to be picked up fairly cheap. Um, the only the only one that I see that may get picked early if someone really jumps in the hype train is a Hanley or a Colo. Um, you know, someone looking for a defender, um, you know, they, he might go second or third defender in someone's I list. Think, I think Hanley will probably go early on, on the, the potential train. Um, yep. so Maybe where, Barlow as well on the hype train. Wes, if you're listening, I reckon that'll be you, mate. You, you seem <laughs> to jump the, early the on Hanley. Players. He does. He jumps early. So Rockliffe will go early, I think, on the on that one as well. So oh, the yeah. X-Lions players, again, you just got to know, know your crowd. Um, yeah, so, but I think there's... Yeah, not too much really there. Most of them are all late picks. You know, there's not going to be really anyone that you're going to want to jump out and grab. No, Tom just Lynch you could probably pick ahead get, of yeah. uh, from where he's at anyway, as far as his average. some value out of Lynch. And, yeah. uh, there's, there's going to be value picks all the way through, but, you know, where I see them is at that level, there's probably another player there that may be better or equal to, and, and you, you're just going to have to make a judgment call on who you think is going to be better. Take into account the round eight buy, because if you have five of those players... Um, then you're guaranteed to lose that round, and no one else will have that amount. Round so. nine, by oh, round nine. Sorry. Yeah. So they play yeah. upgrade round ten, yep. which is only a couple of games before the um, the next round of buys. Yeah. There, I so. mean, it's the same with um, with Wits. You know why I wouldn't choose Wits at all is because I mean he's playing against Ryder, and if if you're going to choose one of the two, you choose um, Ryder. Yeah, I hope you you would. Um, and the problem is that they have the same buy, and you mean you're going to probably get a zero 
at that point unless there's a rookie ruck that just pops up and is playing that week. So um, Wits is kind of a non-choice and standard yeah. because of it. Where is the bench cover? Yeah. Where it is. I love so. it. <laughs> Look, that's it for the uh, Gold Coast Suns from us. So I hope you've been enjoying listening. Please do give us some feedback, some comments. Um, some bands. Otherwise, we'll just keep uh, having a look and giving you a shout out even without your permission. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> oh, wow. So, look, until next time, we are going to be covering GWS next. So, stay tuned. Cheers. Cheers, guys. See, I ain't never seen a star this close. You got me stuck by the way you glow. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Here we go.